Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. What a joy this morning for us to be in the house of God, to continue to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. I want to take this time to welcome each one of you to the house of God. Amen. If you're happy, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so delighted to be here. It could be a family. That's okay. You saw them throughout the week. But once more, you can see them eye to eye and say, I'm so happy. I'm so delighted to be here. Amen. For those who are joining us for the very first time, we want to take this time to welcome you also into the house of God. And it is our prayer that your fellowship with us this morning is a blessing to you as well. This month is the month we have earmarked as welcome home, coming back home. And last week we heard from Pastor Linson demonstrating the love of God. God is calling the church to a vision to demonstrate God's love. Today, um, I want to take you to your attention to uh, the next uh, vision statement, which is to communicate the word of God, communicate the word of God. Let me start with uh, something that happened a few weeks ago. Last week, you saw the cool testimony of our 93-year-old Lamaji, isn't it? Was it cool? You enjoyed that? Amen. I want to give a shout out to Pastor Ruben because that took a lot of hours of editing <laughs> behind it because that's not how we taped her. <laughs> Amuchi is 93 years old. She, has, uh, she, has, she forgets so many things. And uh, we have to even remind her, Amuchi, my name is Tangamaskaria. We, we, we struggle. Uh, but nonetheless, she spoke. Nonetheless, she spoke. She, there were times when she forgot how many children she had and how many grandchildren she had. Then we'll have to again go back and repeat that to her. You know, you have <laughs> this many uh, children and this many grandchildren and this many great-grandchildren uh, from where she is, where she's got married, how, how many years ago she came, for, with whom she's living and all. So we, we continued that. And uh, finally, I said, Amuchi, um, share with me or read to me a scripture passage that is so close to you. Read to me a scripture passage. So you may see, if you remember that, you may see that, you know, actually, she opened the Bible and then she closed the Bible. I said, what she's going to do now? Uh, then she started reciting Psalm 91. And absolutely flawless. She didn't miss anything. She may have forgotten her children's name, how many grandchildren she has, how many great-grandchildren she has, or where she comes from. But when it came to the scripture, her memory was short. I, we, I mean, we, can, we just let her keep going. And not once... Twice, actually, she repeated Psalm 91 for us. We only showed you one. You know, twice she repeated that. Amazing, amazingly, how the word of God just got ingrained in her heart. And I think what she was trying to say to us through that is, you know, what has stood me in this, in this journey is God's word. That word that is deeply ingrained in my heart, that, that which I'm carrying with, with me, 
you know, I may, I may forget the temporal things of this world, but I have made a connection with the eternal word of God. And this morning, church, we are so delighted that, you know, those memorizations that our parents told us to memorize the scriptures early on, you know, it's coming in handy right, right now, isn't it? Some of us may have forgotten everything else, but some of the scripture passages that we memorize probably, you know, very early on still, still is reverberating in our hearts and minds. So I'm really thankful to God that, you know, uh, this morning, you know, when, every time when we preach um, from God's word, that is our desire to communicate God's word. And I was just thinking back, um, in, a week, in a week's time, within the various, uh, uh, the various ministries that we do, how many times we get to hear God's word? Whether it be in the two services of Sunday morning, or whether it be in the Sunday school ministry that we have, we get to hear God's word, engage with God's word. Or whether it be the step prayer line that every day that we have, there is 20 to 25 minutes of God's word being shared by brothers, by sisters, by pastors. We get to hear God's word. Friday morning, the fasting prayer. Uh, the ladies meeting that we have. Or uh, the, the Tuesday ladies meeting. Once a month, ladies meeting on Saturdays. We get to hear God's word. The Bloom ministry, they're engaging in God's word. The, the live group ministry, which is coming to an end. The season is coming to an end in the month of May. And in June and July, we hope we are hoping to start a series called Your Life Matters. And in that again, we will be taking up some, some series like uh, Money Matters, you know, Mental Health Matters, Your Marriage Matters, Prayer Matters. All these things matter because, again, we will go back to what the basic scripture, the basic textbook that we have is God's word. So we get to hear all of this, yet one of the, one of the biggest challenges that we often find you know, growing up right now in this, on, on the culture that we find is we have to encourage our children to fall in love with God's word all over again. I was, I was so actually thrilled. Last week we had baptism, 10 baptisms. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the cards that I got, a thank you card that I got from a child was this, Pastor, thank you for uh, encouraging me to read God's word. And I was able to complete the entire reading of God's scripture throughout the one year. And I remember, yes, two years back, you know, every year I give that, every year January I give that call, hey, come on, let's read God's word together. And if anyone wants to join, you know, we can always join together. U version is one of the best things that you can read. But even, even when you have U version, I would still want you that you take hold of the text, you know, the, the, the actual printed Bible, and you go, and because there is no distraction when you're reading from that. Because U version, the moment you're sitting with that, a ding will come, a dong will come, why? You know, a message will come, and then our, our desire is what? To see who has texted us. We may not respond to the text, but we just we want to see who has texted us, isn't it? So I'm, I'm encouraging you again, church, let's fall in love with God's word again and again, because that's only one thing that we can give to the next generation. In the Old Testament, oftentimes God would tell his people again and again, remind your generations Raise up memorials. Teach them God's word. Because only in God's word, only in them understanding the commandments of God, they have future. I will come to that later on. But I want to take your attention. Uh, why, why this is so important for us to communicate God's word? Why we as a church body, we desire as pastors, as leaders, as Sunday school teachers, we desire to engage our community with God's word. Why? Number one, because of the authority of the scripture. The authority of the scripture. What do, we, what do we mean by the authority of the scripture? 
we mean that God is the author of the scripture. God is the author of the scripture. And if God is the author of the scripture, this scripture is authoritative for your life and for my life and for our practices. What does it mean? It means the scripture is credible, scripture is reliable, scripture is believable, scripture is accurate. We can trust the author who is God. Amen. Hallelujah. We can trust the revelation that God has given to us in the scripture. And therefore, the authority of the scripture, once we understand, we will be engaging ourselves in God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Their scripture, graphe, the word would mean, it would refer to the Old Testament in its entirety that is written down. The written down scriptures, hallelujah. And every one of that, every time the New Testament mentions graphe, 51 times the New Testament mentions that word graphe, it means the Old Testament, hallelujah. It is profitable for us, the authority of God's word. Number two, why we want to communicate God's word? Because of its clarity, its clarity. What do we mean by the clarity of God's scripture? We mean the Bible is written in such a way that it is, that it is easy for us to understand. We don't need to be rocket scientists to understand God's word. We don't need to be rocket scientists. But does it require time? Yes, it requires time. You need to find some time to spend with it. Does it require effort? Yes. Does it require the Holy Spirit? Yes. You need the Holy Spirit to illumine God's word to us. But do we understand everything from the scripture? No, we may not understand. In this lifetime, we may not understand everything. There may be things within the scripture that we may not understand. In those scenarios, apply Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belongs to the Lord. And what he has revealed to us is things that you and I can ponder and we can dwell upon it. We can practice it. Deuteronomy 30 Verse 11 and 14, 11 to 14, if you read your Bibles, you know, this is, what, this is what Moses would say. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither it is too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven and bring the word to me? It is not beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear to Hear it and do it. But the word is near you. I have often heard people saying that I've got like 25 versions of the scripture in my house. But the question is, how many of them are you reading? You don't need the 25 to read, but one is good enough to read, isn't it? One is good enough to memorize. One is, one is good enough to you know, put into practice. But it's very near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart so that you can do it. What does Psalm 19 verse 7 reminds us? The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 119, a long psalm with 176 words. We all love that passage. 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every small step that you want to take, it will give you understanding and everything that you have to think in terms of the, of the totality of your life. The light that you want to see at the end of the tunnel. The scripture is enough. It is clear. It will give you understanding. The clarity of God's word. Thirdly, the sufficiency of God's word. The Bible is sufficient. What do we mean by that? We mean that scripture contains all the words of God we need for salvation. 
Hallelujah. To trust Him perfectly. To obey Him perfectly. Devate Purnamaya Asaripan. Devate Purnamaya Anasaripan. Rekshakinidanamai. E Thiruvarithu Pariyaptamaganu. Hallelujah. We don't need another scripture just to add to it. What the revealed scripture has been given to us that is more than sufficient for our salvation. Listen to what Paul would remind young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. He says, from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The whole of the scripture from Genesis to Revelation points you to only one thing that is salvation in Jesus Christ. As the disciples are walking to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, right after the resurrection of Jesus, they are grieved in their heart because of the death of Jesus. They are grieved in their heart because of what happened to Jesus because they had thought he is the Messiah. And Jesus came alongside of them. He's walking with them. They, they didn't recognize him. And then as they entered into conversation, after some time, Jesus unraveled to them all of the prophets, all of the laws concerning himself. See, the entirety of the Old Testament, if you don't see it from the light of Jesus Christ, then we have missed the point. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus Christ and the path of salvation that has been prepared through Jesus Christ for the whole of humanity. Hallelujah. So knowing our Bible, understanding a scripture is very important because the world that you and I live is filled with challenges. The world that you and I live is filled with the schemes of the enemy, the tactics of the enemy. And in order to overcome the enemy, you and I need what? Scripture. Not just in our hand, but also in our heart. Not just in our hand, but also in our heart. So let me take you to Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. Last week, Pastor Linson actually spoke from Mark's gospel regarding the baptism of Jesus. You saw the grand view of the baptism, the gesture of God, the grand gesture of God, the affirmation of God, the Father on his baptism. At his baptism, we saw that Father is affirming the identity of who Jesus is. If you look at the baptism, it was definitely a high point, an emotional high in the life of Jesus, an emotional high. In order to hear the words of heaven declaring, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Indeed, that would be an emotional high for Jesus. Not only for Jesus, for any one of us to hear those affirming words, you are my son, you are my daughter, would be an emotional high. But does it mean that you will never, you are exempt from trials and tribulations? Does it mean that you are exempt from the tests and the temptations? Because right after that, right after that, what happened? Jesus is driven into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested. Hallelujah. So let me remind you, church, it doesn't matter. You may have the high spiritual high in your life, but the next moment in your life, you could be facing a trial, a temptation, a testing that may shake up your faith. That may shake up your faith. Just because God spoke to you that you are the son of God, you are the daughter of God, that doesn't mean you will have no more challenges in your life. You will have no more trials in your life. You will have no more testing in your life. But that just opens up testings and temptations. Because what? Your theology would be tested right there. Think about it like this. Imagine like this. From the time that John the Baptist is baptizing people in the river of Jordan, there is a guy who has mingled with a group and he's eavesdropping on everything that John the Baptist is saying. He's trying to listen to everything John the Baptist is saying. And suddenly one day, he sees what? A man walking towards John the Baptist. And John the Baptist looks at him, Gospel of John, and says, Behold, 
the son of God. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the entire human being, race. So this guy got suddenly startled. Yes, and you see Jesus walking into the water, being baptized, heavens opening, and Father God affirming, he is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The words of affirmation. This eavesdropper heard, let me take him to a test right now. We read in the scripture that the Holy Spirit drove him to the wilderness and the enemy came to test him. Number one, remember church always, just because we have God speak over us doesn't mean that we are exempt from tests. Sometimes just because you're walking closer with God, you may have more troubles in your life. Am I right? You may just say, oh, Lord, I, I just finished 21 days of fasting prayer. I should be on a spiritual high right now. But that may be the, just the moment when the enemy is attacking you more, isn't it? Two things simultaneously are happening here. God is testing his son, testing his son for his readiness for the ministry that he is about to embark on. And the devil is tempting him to throw him off the God-given agenda, the God-given mandate. And these two things happen simultaneously. James reminds us, consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. When God tests you, he's testing you to strengthen your faith and your obedience. He's testing you to strengthen your faith and your obedience. The tests are specially crafted for you and you alone. Uniquely preparing you to build you up. Never to tear you down. Never to tear you down doesn't give you a test and secretly he's hoping that you may fail. That's not a kind of God that you and I serve. He gives you a test and secretly is hoping that you may fail. Where on the other hand, the devil is waiting to see that you may fail. He brings a temptation and he wants you to fail. But for if for any reason you win over the temptation, he will immediately pick another temptation. Because the scripture says in Luke chapter 4, the same, uh, the same story that Luke mentioned, he says, the devil left him for an opportune time. That means for a limited time, the devil left him. He's not done with Jesus yet. Throughout his ministry, he would come time and again, time and again to tempt him. Another important truth that you and I must learn from this is, often our trials and our testings, they come at the most vulnerable times of our life, the most lonely moments of our life. He's in the Judean wilderness all alone by himself, 40 days he hasn't eaten. He hasn't drunk anything. Even if he would have drunk something, it would be sometimes the, the, the few rain that would have come, the droplets of rain that would have come. Nobody there to give him company. Luke says and Mark says he was with wild animals. He was with wild animals. Barren beyond belief. In those moments when we become the most vulnerable is also when the enemy's temptation comes. You may have just gone through a sickness and you're, you're re recuperating in the house. That's when the enemy comes. Why are you loving? Why are you so much you know, in love with God? Doubt God. Or you may have gone through you know, that, that phase in your life when you're all alone by yourself. That vulnerable moment of your life. And that's when the enemy comes to say, you know, come on, just, just tempt God. There is no, there's no problem. And each of the temptations that Jesus undergoes, he's trying to say to Jesus, you can doubt his love for you. You can doubt his providential care for you. You, can, you don't have to worship God. You worship me and I will give you a shortcut to glory. I'll give you a shortcut to glory. You know, one thing, the other thing, that beautiful thing that you see in this passage is this. Immediately following the grand gesture of heaven, Jesus is driven to, by the Holy Spirit into a wilderness, isn't it? Sometimes it's very intriguing for me. As I was reading this passage this week, 
you know, the Holy Spirit started reminding me, sometimes you are driven by the Holy Spirit into your most tough places. It is not a sign that the Holy Spirit is no longer with you. When you find yourself in a tough spot, in a rough place, that doesn't mean God has deserted you. You may be taken there by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, because God wants to take glory in that place for, from you. So anyone going through any tough situation in your life this morning, if you find yourself in a rough place, it's like we say sometimes, between the devil and the deep sea, you're finding yourself, remember this, that God has brought you to that place because he is doing something far greater, yet to be revealed in your life right now. Amen? Ask Philip when he went to Samaria. What a, what a beautiful ministry he was doing in Samaria. You know, scores of people are coming. He's preaching the gospel. People are being saved. You know, the, uh, the apostles came from Jerusalem. They laid hands on people. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. People are being baptized. Who would want to leave that kind of a ministry? I would never want to leave that kind of a ministry. I would say, Lord, I am finding the purpose of my life right here. But then the Holy Spirit said, that is not what I want you to go. Go to the, a, a desert place because I see one man riding on his chariot and I want you to speak to him the gospel. For one man, God took one evangelist and placed him at that place. And that man went out to share the gospel in the whole of Ethiopia. Church. Sometimes Holy Spirit may lead you and me to a tough place and a rough place. But don't ever doubt that the Holy Spirit has left you. No, he is doing something far greater that you and I cannot see. So here we see in all the three Gospels, the Holy Spirit led him. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the rough place. How many times we have gone, we have been, or maybe we are right now in a tough place. And we are, we are, we are asking God, are you there with me or not? You know, the beauty of this is this. In those tough places... When you are being tempted and you're being tested, you know what God gives? He gives his Holy Spirit. Not only he gives his Holy Spirit, he also sends ministering angels for you. He sends ministering angels for you. Sometimes that angel can come in the form of a human being. Sometimes that angel can come in the form of a brother or a sister. Sometimes that angel can come in the form of anything. Maybe a gift card or maybe something I know because that may lift your spirit and encourage you to continue to, 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 to move forward because that is a reminder to you that God loves you indeed. You know, all these temptations that Jesus underwent, you can see a counterpart to that in, in Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8. And I love this because Jesus read his Deuteronomy passages very well, or he understood it very well. Because every time the devil asked him a question, you know how he responded? How did he respond? Eh? It is written. It is written. It is written. Even when the devil misquoted the scripture in the second time, he put two verses together, leaving out conveniently a part of the scripture. Jesus reminded him again, do not put your God to test. I thank God that Jesus took time during the 40 days of fasting and prayer to, 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 to put himself into Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Chapter 6, 7 and 8. Chapter 6, 7 and 8, what we are saying. But he put himself into the scrolls to understand the significance because... Israel was the firstborn of God. And Israel failed miserably in the wilderness. Here is God's son who is here facing the same kind of a temptation. Hallelujah. And every temptation is reminding that God can be, God can be trusted. He's ever faithful. He's ever faithful. Hallelujah. You look at the temptations one by one. The first temptation is nothing else but reminding, Jesus reminding us 
that the scripture provides soul nourishment. Because what did the devil ask him? The devil said that what? You speak to these stones and it shall turn into bread. He is famished, isn't it? He's famished. He's saying to Jesus, you are the son of God. I heard 41, 40 days ago. I heard heavens declaring that you are the son of God. Why don't you, you assert that, that authority that you have, the privilege that you have as God's son and use it for something for your spiritual nourishment. In other words, he's saying to Jesus, can you tempt God and can you say that, you know, I need this right now and I want it right now. Or in other words, he's tempting Jesus to forget the providential care of God in his life. And that's when Jesus reminded him, it is written in the scripture, because in the, in the, when you read Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says that, you know, if you read Deuteronomy 8, in parallel with this, you know, there Moses reminding them, God humbled you in the wilderness because he wanted to test you, hallelujah. He wanted to bring to you because God, man will not live by bread alone, but by the word of God, because each day they were told, you go and gather manna each day. Why didn't God give them for a month's supply? No, for each day. Because God wanted them to trust him on a daily basis. The scripture provides spiritual nourishment. The scripture provides discernment. When it came to the second temptation, what did Jesus say? You know, devil wanted him to. He took him to the southwest corner of the, of the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, jump yourself from here. Throw yourself down. That is the most thoroughfare. That's the most busiest street in Israel at that time. People are going to see you as you're coming flying down the pinnacle of the, of the temple. Angels are going to carry you. Wow. That will be spectacular. That will be spectacular. And you know, he took the scripture this time, the devil. Psalm 91. He took Psalm 91, but the only thing when he did is he conveniently left out one part of the scripture. He will, he will speak to the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, not to perform stunt, but in the course of your life, in the course of your life, in the course of your journey, the Lord will I mean, provide his angels to bear you in, your, in, your, in, your, in their arms in every day of your life. Not just to do a spectacular one-time event so that you can draw a crowd to yourself. Jesus reminding them, Jesus reminding us, discern, discern. The scripture provides you discernment in, in times when you need discernment. Hallelujah. Don't just take the scripture and misquote it and misrepresent it and use it for your own sake. No. It provides discernment. And the final, this, the final test that came, it provides a true, true foundation of worship. What did the devil say? Uh, ultimately, as Matthew puts it, that was at the heart of devil. Isn't it? Bow before me. This time he's, he's not even actually, he's not very, uh, what do you say, courteous. <laughs> his, 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 his word is simple. Come on, bow down to me and I will give this world to you. I will give this nations to you. I know by your death and resurrection, you are going to gain victory over the nations. But I give you a shortcut right now. Fall before me, worship me. And for a moment, I'll give this all things to you. What did Jesus say to him? Devil, don't you know the greatest commandment in the scripture is to love your God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, and with your whole soul. Worship belongs to God and God alone. That's what's pro what, that's what it's provided to us in the scripture. It gives you the foundation of who God is and how you and I must be able to worship God. And if Jesus could use the scriptures in the times of his testing church, how much more he expects you and me 
that you, you and I have. Not just have the scripture in our hand and we walk with it, but the scriptures are in our heart, in our mind. We are memorizing it. We are, we are reading it. We are, we, are, we are practicing it. We are meditating on it. We are learning it. We are putting it to practice. Don't just read it alone. Put it to practice. And as I often would say to Johan and Janice, you know, you want to love, you love, you love Jesus. We see that. But if you love Jesus, you would fall in love with his love letter that he has written to you. And that love letter is nothing else but what? God's word. So shall we rise to our feet this morning? Worship belongs to him and him alone because of what? Because the scripture gives you and me the foundation. This morning, we have come to worship him in spirit and in truth. It is because the scripture says to us, Worship the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole being, with your whole soul. The devil will always want to usurp our worship through shortcuts, through other means. This morning, church, can we come back to the sufficiency of the scripture? Can we come back to the clarity of the scripture? Can we come back to the authority of the scripture? Remember, when you are in a tough place, when you are in a rough place, the Holy Spirit is even leading you there and God has his angels come to minister to you. This morning, I do believe that for those of us who are here, if you find yourself in a tough place, if you find yourself in a rough place this morning, God is right there. And remember this, remember this about Satan. He's a defeated enemy. He's a defeated enemy. The one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. He's a defeated enemy. Remember this also about Jesus, your Savior. He is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in times of my trouble. He won the victory in the wilderness so that you and I can stand with him in his victory and declare that victory. Amen? But church, let the word of God, let the word of God be ingrained in our thoughts and minds. Let it be ingrained in our heart. Let's love, let's fall in love with God's word all the more, all the more once again. May the Holy Spirit help us, help us this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.